Hello and welcome to Behind the Sounds. I'm here today with Justin Francis, all the way from Nashville. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Uh, I know we've just had a bit of a chat about the room behind you, which is what a setup. Has that been your quarantine setup or has it been there uh, for a Yeah, while? it has been. Well, it's. Uh, I've been in this place. We're, we're in a log cabin that's about a half hour outside of Nashville. And um, we've been in here for about two years. And about a year ago, um, I, I built on this studio, uh, which I do all of my mix work in. Um, and over the, it's not in here right now, but over the quarantine, I've had a drum set that I've moved in here. That have been, uh, it's been my stress relief every day is, is playing, trying to get uh, back into playing a little bit more every day, which, um, you know, I, had, I hadn't been doing for a while. So uh, that's been good. Um, but yeah, this is, this is my setup and this is where I spend most of my days. <laughs> that's good. And obviously, so quarantine, as you said, it was a good time to play and learn new things, but you've also kind of added the stress of that because you've got a puppy. <laughs> so That's right. Yes. How so is life I, with I a will, newborn? Yep. So I'll sit down to, to, uh, do a five minute task and, uh, it ends up taking about one hour, uh, <laughs> to do because I've got a little pup nipping at my heels um yeah she's she's great though she's loads of fun she's about 11 weeks old and she's a little red healer no she's very cute if you haven't seen her on instagram guys check out because she's very yeah. cute um, so we literally you have done so much um but i want to kind of start right at the very beginning because what you do <laughs> is is something that so many people do in nashville and, and all over the music industry but not a lot of people know that people like you exist. <laughs> um, right, right. So where did lo your love of music start? Um, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, like, like it's a pretty common story, you know, I, I mean, you just grew, grew up and, and uh, I, I, I guess, I guess I got interested in like punk rock music at first, you know, and kind of <laughs> going whatever way uh my parents did not want me to go uh i gravitated <laughs> towards that and you know my my love of of uh music I, I think really started there you know i mean my my parents it was a it wasn't a, a big musical household my parents didn't play or or sing or anything but but they were they were fans of music um i mean the radio and stuff was always on they were always going to concerts and stuff and um, so I, I don't, there was just always music around, but, um, when it come, came time to kind of make a choice of what, um, what kind of music I wanted to devote my time to, uh, yeah, like I said, kind of the punk rock, uh, stuff is kind of, kind of caught my ear, um, the, the best, I guess. Yeah. Know. And did you learn, like, were you learning instruments? Were you playing in bands? Like, how did that kind of start? Yeah, at the time, you know, I, I would have been, I don't know, 12 or 13 years old. And when I got my first electric guitar, uh, an uncle of mine gave it to me. And, you know, sure enough, started started playing around, messing around with bands and stuff in, in junior high. And, um, you know, we, we went in to record... Um, some songs with a friend of ours who was you know maybe a couple years older than we were and um he had an older brother who was a couple years older than he was who was interested in recording and had a recording setup um 
so they just had it in in his basement and uh in garage of his parents house we went over there to record and that's where i kind of caught the bug for um for being in the studio and and i kind of never left uh his place after that you know like the rest <laughs> of high school uh that's what we did every day and mm. you know the band stuff kind of I, I would still play in bands and stuff for the rest of high school but um you know my my focus really shifted to to capturing other people's uh songs and other people's magic um and so that's what we did was um you know every day we would try to be recording something or some band and and we ended up recording a lot of them the next you know couple years uh, until the end of high school yeah. um yeah and how did you learn were you we did you we self-taught or did someone know what they were doing or was it all just kind of trial and error uh, no yeah it was it was just trial and error and and being self-taught you know um like i said you know at that time i was interested in mostly punk rock music uh rock and roll stuff um so that that was the kind of styles of stuff that i was playing you know um wasn't too terribly terribly hard to <laughs> to figure out um you know so yeah no no lessons or anything um you know kind of just just figured it out as i went yeah and did yeah. you do music at college did you kind of decide that that was you wanted to go to college and study or how did you kind of get into actually yeah yeah sort of there's a um you know i went to a, a trade school a technical school uh out in tempe arizona um so i grew up in pittsburgh pennsylvania <laughs> and then i moved out to tempe arizona for eight or nine months and attended this technical school for uh it's it's called the conservatory of recording arts and sciences um and it's just basically yeah how, how to run all the the gizmos and stuff um, and, uh, so yeah, that, that was my, that was my college, uh, education, you know? Um, so it wasn't, wasn't terribly long and it, it, I thought it was great because, you know, I took out a small loan for myself to, to get out there and to attend the school. And eight months later I was in Nashville, um, and I was in studios and, and, um, wasn't quite working yet, but I was definitely in studios a lot interning um yeah you know and that's that's uh that was the best the best part about you know the the going to to college you know or the technical school to me was that it gave me a foot in the door to get a proper internship at a proper recording studio um you know i, I one on music row in particular was the one that i interned at and um you know, you couldn't do that unless you were receiving school credit just due to labor laws and stuff. Um, so I have no regrets um, going go to, a, to a, a school to, um, if anything, just to get my foot in the door for an internship. Yeah. And what led you to Nashville? Because obviously you were saying kind of punk rock. It's mm -hmm. not necessarily what you associate with Nashville. I know Nashville is obviously Music City, so everything's there. But was sure. it the internship that led you there, or was it, I think this is where I want to go? Well, there was, um, you know, so so growing up in Pittsburgh, and then and then I moved to to Arizona to go to the school. So you're kind of your your options as far as recording cities, you know, in the states would be, you know, Los Angeles, New York, Nashville, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe 
Austin, maybe Miami, you know, are, are kind of hotspots that, that have a lot of studios and a lot of people kind of go to record. Um, so, you know, LA was a little bit far from, I was with a girlfriend at the time and um, who was also from Pittsburgh and LA was a little bit far from Pittsburgh for us and a little bit expensive. New York was just plain expensive. Um, so Nashville kind of seemed like the closest thing to Pittsburgh as far as like size of the city and cost of living. And um, I, I had actually come down here before um, my parents had, a, there was a friend of the family who was an artist, a recording artist. And um, we came down here and, and uh, while he was making his record and, you know, they gave us the tour of the studio or whatever. And we, got behind the mic and did some haze and hose and uh <laughs> and they sent us on our way but um so I, I that was my connection uh with Nashville you know and that was the only basically the only proper studio that I had ever been in so as soon as I as soon as it came time to um you know f I was finishing school and and kind of had to choose where I was going um Nashville just seemed like kind of the 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 best fit um for us yeah. How long have you been there now? Ooh, it's been, I guess, probably 12, 12 years now. So, yeah, I, I would have been here in 2008. Um, so, yeah, about 12 and years. don't regret it. <laughs> Not at all. I, I love Nashville, and I love, uh, I love every, all the people in it, and there, there, is, uh, there is a lot of diversity here um, mm -hmm. that I love. And, um, you know, the, the music scene is obviously the musicianship, of people here is unbelievable and the talent is um is unlike anywhere that that i've ever been um and you know the the studios are still great and rocking and people still value them um people still value a, a nice big recording room and you know um so i i love it we're getting better food here every year too <laughs> it is natural good food i don't uh -huh. know I'm known for it um so for people that don't kind of know, obviously, so you're a mixer and engineer producer, kind of do a bit of everything, but mm -hmm. can you kind of dumb it down a bit? So what, what on a day-to-day -day basis would you do with the artist for people that kind of aren't really sure on what goes on in the studio? Where does your role come into kind of making a, a, a record or an album or anything? Right. Well, I guess it's, I guess it depends on what my role is with that certain project. So sometimes, you know, if I'm hired to strictly be an engineer, um, that's just the person who is taking care of the technical aspects of the record making process. Um, that's, you know, selecting microphones and patching all that stuff in and getting levels together. And, um, basically just you're, you're, you're recording it properly and you're, you're trying to, um, you're trying to facilitate, uh, a feeling in, in the music that, the the artist or producer is trying to get across you're trying i'm trying to achieve that on a technical level um yeah. you know if you if you want it to feel angry i may reach for this knob that i feels like is gonna make it more angry you know yeah. uh, or <laughs> whatever um so th that would be my role as as you know strictly an engineer uh as a mixer you know it's if i'm hired to just mix a record all of that the recording has already happened then I'm delivered the files um, and I'm supposed to, you know, kind of do some final touches on those balances. And again, just try to 
uh, convey as much emotion as as I can out of uh, out of the stuff that has already been recorded, um, mm-hmm. and kind of just make it put its best foot forward and kind of make it make it shine and make it uh, make it sing, you know, to the best of the the song's ability. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, and so how do you when you kind of first started in Nashville was that you knew you wanted to kind of do those things or did you kind of want to try a little bit of everything? Because obviously you play instruments. Did you think about kind of just being a musician or was it always you wanted to just be a part of actually the making the records? No, it was, it was always the, the more technical, the production side, you know, even since I like that, that page turned for me uh, again, when I was living in Pittsburgh at home, when, when we went into, you know, that friend of ours studio, um, that was kind of it for me. Whereas, you know, I, I didn't give up playing or anything, but um, I decided, you know, like I'm, I'm going to pursue um, working on other people's, uh, other people's music. And that was going to be my art was going to be uh, enhancing their art, you know, and making it the best that it could be, um, you know? Uh, so yeah, coming, coming to Nashville, that was my only priority was being in as many studios for as much time as I possibly could, you know, and just trying to absorb everything, um, everything that I could from, from anybody, you know? Yeah. It's the best way to learn, I suppose, isn't it? And um, so when you kind of first started, are there any songs or records in particular that you remember working on that kind of hold a special place in your heart, I suppose, like anything that really sticks out in those first couple of years when you were kind of new to the job. Right. Um, well, sure. So the there was, um, you know, I I started interning at a at a really great studio on Music Row. It's called Soundstage mm-hmm. Soundstage Studios, and there was a um, there was a guy there named Chuck Ainley and he was mixing in in the back and uh he was an engineer producer and he had done just so many great records so many great La Love It records and Dixie Chicks Wide Open Spaces and he had done he's done like the last I don't know like 20 something George Strait records and um he's just um he was a, a, a huge part of the you know kind of country music communities from from a technical um mm died and uh so it was great to be able to hang out with him and kind of just put it whether i was involved or not um you know kind of just be a fly on the wall and and see what these people are doing and see how they're working and seeing um um you know even just the the etiquette side of things how um how you're supposed to act in a studio you know which is something they never taught you in school um you know um just just small little things of like uh yeah just just how to make people perform to the best of their ability and to uh be as comfortable as possible um you know as far as records go um you know there was a couple George Strait records that he did during the time that I was interning there um that were amazing he did some uh Miranda Lambert records that I was lucky to be around for um in that back room um yeah i mean he's done so many yeah cool records and there's been so much cool stuff that comes through there it's i'm blanking on (laughs) even just just naming more than that 
Um, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of special stuff going yeah. on. Um, so what I'm kind of intrigued about is obviously you say musical influences growing up, a lot of punk rock and things. Did you feel like you you liked country music already? Because obviously you work on a lot of country records, or did you feel like you had to kind of learn it and learn to love it? Um, no, I mean, my parents listened to mostly country radio when I was growing up. So I was I was very familiar with what was going on at least on the radio, you know, in the, the nineties and, um, two thousands. And, you know, that, that, um, those years, I was very familiar with what was going on there. And, you know, my, my love for country music didn't, uh, fully develop until I, I moved here until I went kind of deeper. And, um, you know, b before I moved here, you know, it's like, I was I was listening to Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson and um, you know Randy Travis and and kind of stuff like that and uh, kind of you know like very big huge influential artists but but I didn't go super super deep down down the rabbit hole with with country music until I moved here and uh, obviously country music has a big place here and uh, so yeah I, I did kind of have to learn to appreciate it more and kind of uh yeah get get educated a lot more about country music and kind of how how it's made and and you know hopefully along the way kind of learn those rules and and kind of bend them and break them a little bit too yeah. <laughs> you know was my goal um but yeah yeah and obviously it's it's such a as you were saying, it's such a diverse kind of place and a diverse genre. Um, mm -hmm. Is there any kind of, obviously you said you kind of like experimenting, is there any maybe like records in particular that you've worked on that you you wanted to do something new, you wanted to try something out that kind of no one had heard before? Is there anything that kind of stands out that you've worked on that you kind of push the boundaries with? Um, I mean, I just, I try to do it with, with, everything and you know it's it's always it's always about the artist and it's always about you know trying to realize their vision and what what they're trying to do and some artists uh you know want to capture uh you know almost a little time capsule of they want their record to sound exactly like you know 1972 and um they don't want to really push uh push the boundaries of it they they want it to be you know the the most authentic thing you know uh that it can be for them so if that's the case then that's the goal is to 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 go down that avenue and try to you know emulate things and and not break um boundaries but um you know uh, other cases it it is like um I don't know. We there. There was a thing that just was released from uh, an artist named Orville Peck. Are you mm -hmm. familiar with Orville? Yeah. Um, you know, is very very special guy uh, and very unique and very. Um, I thought working on that stuff um, for for the album that he just released was uh, Show Pony, um, mm -hmm. and that stuff was was super cool and super unique and uh, you know it's just. It's just weird, and I love getting into a weird territory with yeah uh, in a genre that otherwise normally doesn't really accept uh, outside the box thinking or you know anything that isn't sort of in in these lanes or a part of the status quo. Um, I love trying to 
work with artists that are that are unique like that and have have um just unique personalities and uh and thing things to say that um maybe everybody doesn't agree with or maybe everybody um just hasn't hasn't thought about before or hasn't had to deal with before you know and do you get to kind of go into the studio with them artists and kind of develop it with them or is it very much you get kind of past the stuff and that you do your own thing or is it quite collaborative well it, yeah again it depends on what my role is with yeah. um you know for for the orville stuff um yeah we were in there actually recording it and making those decisions of uh you know, whatever, it, it, instrumentation and, and arrangement and, and that type of stuff. Um, other times, yeah, you're, you're just given stuff and like, hey, a, a lot of the creative decisions have already been made, mm -hmm. um, but we need it to just sound better. We just need it to be, you know, more exciting or, um, or less exciting sometimes, um, or we need it to sound like this or sound like that. And, and that's where you come in. Um, but yeah, some, sometimes it's, uh, you know, you're working with an artist from, from the ground up and you're in the room with them just one-on-one -on -one and you're writing the songs with them, um, you know, or, or at least you're working on arrangements and stuff with them while it's just the two of you. Um, and and then you, you develop a plan to like, okay, we need to get in the studio. We need to put a budget together. We need to mm -hmm. uh, hire these musicians. We need to do that. And that's also another role that, you know, um, engineers, producers take is, is kind of casting, uh, musicians for different projects. Um, because it makes all the difference in the world, you know, getting this guitar player versus this guitar player. Um, you know, what, what comes to his mind or her mind when you play this song is maybe completely different than what comes to his mind or her mind over here. Um, yeah. and that can hugely shape, the the sound of the record um you know just just by having different different players in so casting is a is a huge part of uh of putting a record together yeah and such an important part again these are things that i think people don't realize happens you know you, sure. you just hear a song and it's it's done and um, but i'm gonna give you ego a boost so a couple of the things and people you've worked with so ronnie Millsap, i don't even work with bit with him little big town we talk about nightfall a lot one of the best albums of this year oh yeah you had kind of a big role in that what kind of did you do with that record can you kind of talk about that a bit well um you know my my role was not was not huge in that record um you know some some guys that i was working with uh daniel tashin and ian fitchuk um some good friends of mine um were working with Little Big Town and they had been, I believe Little Big Town had been recording on and off for quite a while in another studio, um, you know, and, and I was not involved with, um, but I was brought on during the last, you know, maybe, I don't know, last, the, 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 the tail end of it to, yeah. um, to work on some songs with them. And it was a blast, you know, they're just the sweetest, people and willing to um bend over backwards to make it right whatever they had to do to make it right whether we had to stay super late or whether we had to get there super early or whether they had to sing it one time or a million times to get it right you know they all uh, anytime that i'd recorded them they had 
sung it all live together. You know, they kind of performed as, as a unit. And, um, so it was great. We did it in, um, did some of that in a place called a studio called Southern ground, which is Zach Brown's studio. Um, that is just a a beautiful, beautiful place. And, uh, yeah, it was just great memories, uh, working on that record with them. And as, uh, Ryan Hewitt, uh, my friend Ryan Hewitt mixed that album and did a bang up job. I love everything that he mixes. So just, uh, great work all around. Yeah. And they obviously, as artists, they produced that record. So is it different working with the artists when they're kind of playing different roles as producers and writers as well? Or is it kind of quite nice, actually, that they, you know, you can work with them on that level, too? Yeah, it's it's it can be a kind of a kiss and a curse, um, you know, artists producing themselves. Obviously, you know, for the most part, artists know what they exactly what they want and exactly um how to get there but sometimes they don't and sometimes they need help um you know just with the the language barrier maybe with um with musicians or or you know whatever just how to how to achieve a certain sound that they're trying to go for um you know this uh like i said this this was produced by uh you know little big town and produced by Daniel Tashman and Ian Fitchuk, uh, at least the tracks that I've worked on. So it, it was a, a collaborative thing and there were a couple producers that were working with them yeah. on it. Um, and I was super used to and comfortable with working with Daniel and Ian at the time. Mm-hmm. So the communication is great and it's smooth. And um, so there weren't too many, you know, speed bumps or anything. Um, as far as, as far as that goes, everything was, super smooth and like i said just a joy to a joy to work with um but like i said also sometimes you know artists um that are producing themselves and there there is nobody that's kind of assigned the role of of producing other than them and they they don't want to hear they don't really want to hear uh anybody else's ideas or anybody else's input uh, to, to steer it this way or that way and um, that can sometimes make for a very very pure record of like wow this is 100% you know this artist um, or it can just it can be a curse where you know they they're that much more in charge of it and it, and it takes a long time to finish it because they never think that it's done you know because nobody's telling them uh, from, from a production standpoint this is done mm-hmm. we need to move on this you know um it's great as it is or it's great like that they just keep reworking and reworking and tinkering and tinkering and yeah. which is great job security for me but uh <laughs> can, can get um can get frustrating sometimes yeah. definitely and another song that you've worked on and obviously you just mentioned Daniel and Ian there um which I believe you worked on this with them is the Case Musgraves cut for Frozen 2 soundtrack um, mm-hmm all is found so yeah. I'm assuming this is a little bit different because that song already existed um, did right. you had you heard the song because there's a movie version and there's a soundtrack version so Casey recorded the soundtrack version but had you heard the movie version before you guys started working on it uh, we had and we even got um, we even got you know sent a little encrypted clip of the scene of the movie before it was out and it was <laughs> that that was the craziest part to me was just how high security everything was from disney uh 
you know, sending it to you and it's like, this email will self-destruct in 30 seconds, you know, after you watch the video. Um, you know, so, so we did, uh, we had it in the studio and, you know, we turned the lights off and put it on this projector on, on the, on the wall. And we watched the scene with the, you know, with the movie version yeah. first and, um, which was great. It was a great, a great way to kind of put it, um, put the imagery in our, in our heads and on, yeah. on how to, to proceed. And, um, yeah. So then, then we got to work in, in that, that one was also, I mean, it was, it was live on the floor. It was Daniel and Ian and Casey. Um, that's Daniel singing the other part, um, the other vocal with Casey. Um, and they were around one mic. Um, Ian was playing a, a little, it's like a little like ukulele uh, guitar. And then uh, our friend Todd Lombardo was playing um, the other acoustic guitar. Um, yeah, and they did it live. You know, we did, I don't remember how many takes, maybe five or six takes. And um, then we just picked one of them. And uh, that was that. And I think we, yeah, we didn't really add anything else except for there was a little kind of hand drum thing that uh, was over like the instrumental section um, that they wanted to add instead of a traditional solo from somebody like a fiddle or something um yeah. they're like oh what about this little hand drum that makes all these cool um you know kind of uh i don't know ethereal noises and casey played that and that kind of took over the the instrumental section which was super cool yeah and at the end of the day we made a rough mix you know just which is just like a bounce down of of what we had worked on um you know, during the day, um, which is typically what you do at the end of any, you know, working day is kind of bounce it down so that the artists and us have like a working version that we can listen to in the car and just, just see how it sounds and um, kind of reflect on it. So we did the rough mix um, that night and then we sent it off to Disney and they loved it. And that ended up being the final mix yeah. was... Uh, just because everything felt so perfect right then and there, it didn't even, uh, didn't really even go through a, a, a mixing process. Um, it was just kind of how it was right there at the end of the night, and nothing was added, and it was, uh, it was, it was magical. Yeah. Did you find it harder or easier working on a song that kind of already existed? You'd already heard one version. How was it creating a new one? Um in some ways easier in some way i mean in some ways easier because they didn't have to um you know maybe they didn't have to to write the the lyric or write the the melody or anything there's also there's already this beautiful melody and lyric laid out um the difficult part was to kind of make it your own and make it their own um mm -hmm. and make it um make it a casey musgraves song you know um yeah which I, I think they did. And, and that can be, that can be the hardest thing to do uh, when doing somebody else's song is, is making it sound like you and making it sound like, um, you know, making it sound like you could have written it. Um, you know, so yeah, it, it, on one hand, more difficult on one hand, less difficult. Yeah. 
And I mean, it's such a beautiful cut of it. I remember when when I heard that Casey was going to be on the soundtrack, I was so intrigued to see how they were going to do it. And it's so clever and it's so brilliant. Um, Congrats on being a part of that. Um, And then some other things you've done. This has kind of been a busy, considering we've been in quarantine, I feel like you've done a lot. (laughs) Um, So you've worked on, I know you uh, worked on a couple of the songs on Kelsey's new album, Kelsey Ballerini's. Did you have, was it just one track or how was your involvement in that? Um, you know, I, I just did the, I recorded all the strings on the album. Mm. So, so any, anything where there's, uh, uh, there was an orchestration um, from a string section was what I did um, for that record. Um, and Kelsey's so sweet. I had done some work for her in, uh, on her previous couple records too. Um, Cause there's a little, I guess a little backstory. Um, her label uh, owns Soundstage Studios, the studio that I interned in yeah. um, coming up and is kind of one of the main places that that um, I like to record in town still. Um, so she was just always around that building and was always around that studio. Um, so we would, you know, like anything that, that she needed, you know, uh, when I was coming up to pop a vocal on here or there or, or you know, record this or record that um i was around to do so we we kind of um had known each other and had kind of developed a little bit of a working relationship up Mm -hmm. until that point but um yeah she's amazing and knows uh again knows exactly kind of what she wants and and how to take it there and that's uh that's a an awesome place you know for somebody like me to be working with an artist like that that can articulate what what it is that they want uh even with a a string section uh you know which typically is is out of a lot of people's and even a lot out of a lot of musicians vocabulary to how to how to articulate what you want the string section to do uh she she was able to do uh with incredible ease uh so it's very very impressive uh, yeah to watch her in that in that scenario and how is that for you kind of going in doing the strings do you hear how it sounds on the record like immediately or what's the process there kind of the background of it yeah you get you get kind of the general sense of of how it's going to be you know uh for one thing there while we're working on it the strings are so much louder than they're ever going to be on the record you know um so in the context of of the songs um you know they're they're not a huge huge uh focal point of each song you know it's it's more just padding and and atmosphere um so you know while we're doing it they're just blaringly loud um Mm -hmm. so you know that you know it's over exaggerated whatever whatever you're doing there in the studio that day it's uh you know it's going to be understated a little bit more in the mix so you kind of have to make it kind of have to make it as dramatic as possible to mm-hmm. where you know the the lows get really low the highs get really high you know dynamically and um so that way you know when, whenever it does sink back into the track finally uh to to be at the proper level that it's going to be at mm-hmm. it's going to be that much more effective um yeah so I'm, that's kind of my, my mindset when yeah. when going into something like that yeah and then another album that is a very recent release um is Cree harrison's new album um for oh, me yeah. personally, she's one of my favourite voices in Nashville. Um, me too. And I think kind of 
put on Instagram that she lifts other people up and it's such a great working environment. So what was your kind of involvement on that record? Because it's such a stunning record, that one. Yes, yes. Um, I love that album so much. Um, we went, uh, it was, uh, I got a phone call from Jordan Lenning and Skylar Wilson, um, who were the producers on that record. And Cree wanted to get out of town, get out of Nashville to make this album. So we went to Asheville, North Carolina, um, which is just a couple hours away, four or five hours away, and um, to a place called Echo Mountain. And uh, this beautiful old church that has been converted into a studio. And uh, we went there for, I don't know how long it was, three, four, five days. And, um, kind of just got got away from from the hustle and bustle of Nashville and um you know everybody nobody was noodling with their phones and nobody had uh you know any expect nobody was expecting them home for dinner or anything so we could like 100% focus on what we were there to do and we all did and we were all in it um you know 12 hours a day for for four or five days in a row um and we just made uh made something that that we're all proud to um proud to be a part of and and made you know the instrumentation that could support Cree's voice uh which is just yeah like, like I said it's one of my favorite voices uh ever as well mm-hmm. um yeah anytime she steps up to a mic you know uh you know some some shit's about to go down <laughs> <laughs> and obviously being a part of that what was it like kind of taking yourself obviously you were saying with everyone else not on their phones and things but for you do you have a comfort in the studio and then taking yourself away from that was it kind of a shock to the system or do you think it kind of benefited you all uh you mean going going outside of nashville yeah just kind of being somewhere completely new no i mean that was great i mean studios are kind of all the same uh you know they they all work they all have the same um core principles to them and they all they all do the same thing you know there's different equipment and stuff in in stu- different studios and there's different obstacles that um you know you have to you have to be conscious of um when going to a different studio like like that studio is it was an old church um you know so it it sounds like you know if there's a drum set in the middle of an old church it's going to be huge and it's going to be mothered in reverb and uh you know it's going to be super lively sounding and if you want something to sound super small and tight that's a that's a challenge to try to to try to create that um so you have to have to kind of use the the go back in the rolodex of information in your in your uh engineering mind and, and try to um try to create you know the scenario sonically that the song needs to be in um or the album needs to be in or, you know, whatever. Um, so in that sense, uh, you know, yeah, there, there's always challenges to, to doing stuff in, in unfamiliar places, but, um, it was the, the pros far outweigh the cons, you know, um, like I said, just getting outside of town and, and being able to focus on it, um, without any distractions or, um, you know, without, uh, yeah, without being expected home for supper or, you know, <laughs> Um, and it was a bunch of, a bunch of great pals that played on that, um, yeah. album too. So we were, we were all good buddies and we were all staying in the same, uh, house together 
down there. So, you know, was, there was some 10 or 12 of us. Um, and it was kind of just a, a bit of a party for, <laughs> for five days, but. And it uh, obviously paid awesome. off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a great, great experience. What a great result from it. <laughs> so I'm going to wrap things up a little bit now, but I do ask the same three questions at the end of every interview. Um, okay. I'm going to change them a little bit because I know you're, you're more of a background person <laughs> sure. than, than kind of on stage. But can you, they're all about threes. So can you name three songs that you wish you'd have kind of written or worked on or kind of three of your favorite songs? <laughs> um, man, there's a, I, I wish I had worked on so many of them. Um, there's a, um, there's a, Bobby Charles record uh, with a song called Street People on it that I absolutely love. I love the song. I love the um, production. I love everything about it. Um, I wish I would have been a part of that in any way. Um, that was recorded, though, well before I was born. Like <laughs> most things that, that I like or am interested in, they were, they were all done way before I was even thought of. Um, <laughs> so that was one. Um, there's a song um, that I first heard. Well, I first heard from Reba McIntyre, but before that, uh, Bobby Gentry made a a, a version uh, of Fancy, which mm -hmm. just I just love the the story and and I love the um, love the emotion in that song and um, yeah, I love everything about it. I don't know. Uh, third song. I wish I was around for. Um, I wish I was around for the Don Williams record expressions, um, especially you know I guess his piece hit off that would have been Tulsa time. Mm. Um, I I just love the the feel of that. The the band was super hot on that album, and I just I would give anything to just be a fly on the wall and just see how those guys and girls were, were working um, dur during the making of that record. I love yeah. everything about it. Yeah. But I love, I love the diversity of them choices. <laughs> um, yeah. And then three albums that you couldn't live without. Ooh. Um, I mean, I guess just the going to the, the classics, um, you know, uh, I would say Free Will and Bob Dylan uh, was was a huge album for me. Uh, I mean, so many of Dylan's records um, were just uh, so so huge for me growing up. That was my first kind of soiree into into country music. Um, so uh, yeah, but Free Will and Dylan would be would be one. Uh, Don Williams Expressions would be another one, I think. And uh, there's an artist named Chris Bell um, that played guitar in a band called Big Star from Memphis. And uh, they were they were a band in the 70s, 80s. And he had a record, Chris Bell had a, a record of his own called I Am The Cosmos that um, really just rocked my world whenever I heard it. And uh, been constantly trying to chase the sounds <laughs> from that album um ever since um so yeah free will and expressions and i am the cosmos 
Nice, I like it. And then my last question, can you, three artists or writers or producers that you, you haven't worked with that you, but you'd really like to kind of work with or work on their records? Hmm. Um, all of them, I want to work with everybody. Um, see i would love to do something with paul simon i think that would be yeah. an amazing um an amazing experience um i would love to work on a a, a d'angelo album <laughs> just because yeah. that would be out of my comfort zone um yeah. but i i love everything that um everything that he's about and uh everything that he puts out uh I wish I was a part of, <laughs> um, and I want to leave Dylan. I mean, I would love to do something with Bob Dylan, but I'm I'm gonna uh, I want to I want to move on and say I wish I would have been able to do something with Harry Nilsson um, before he passed. Uh, you know, he he passed well before I was I was doing what i do but um if the question can extend to live or dead i would yeah. do i would include harry nelson <laughs> on there um yeah yeah definitely um and then finally this isn't a three question this is just kind of what's mm -hmm. what's coming up next for you what are you working on at the moment um anything kind of getting released that you've been a part of what's kind of um yeah there's um I mean, I feel like there's always five or seven things that are kind of in the pipeline um, that are due to come out. I'm trying to think of stuff that I'm allowed to talk about. Yeah. Uh, there's a um, there's an artist named Birdie um, that just announced that she's having a new record um, coming out, and I think it's the start of 2021. So it's not not for a little little ways away, but she just announced that, and we worked on that for. Um, a long time last year and mm -hmm. birdie is brilliant and i loved uh i loved every second of working on um that record with her which was uh daniel fitch uh tashin and ian Fitchuk production as well yeah. um so there's that uh i'm about to start um a project that uh i can talk about a tiny little bit for uh my girlfriend who's a, a musician and artist named Kelsey Walden. Uh, we're getting ready to, to start to record uh, something um, this week, actually. And uh, I have no idea when it's going to come out. Uh, <laughs> but, and I guess that's all I can really talk about it. But, um, yeah. but I'm very excited for that. Um, trying to think what else. There's a, um, my good friend, uh, J.P. Harris, um, Honky Tonk Hero. Uh, just uh we're we're working on an, an album of uh old uh banjo songs for him traditional kind of uh folk tunes that uh we're wrapping up and uh yeah i have no idea when that would be released but uh it's coming down the pipeline and it'll yeah. be out uh sooner than later i hope i'm excited about that too yeah and you you i mean i should say you're keeping busy then <laughs> quarantine yeah yeah try trying to uh you know um trying to keep busy and and trying to uh you know this has been a uh an experience of working with with artists um that i had never i'd never done before was working with people remotely like yeah. you know like like we're doing now you know um 
working with, you know, working with an artist in Philadelphia where he'll upload, you know, a, an acoustic guitar and a voice and uh, he'll send it over to me and, and I'll add some stuff, you know, we'll talk about where we want the direction of the song to go and maybe I'll set up some drums and stuff here and I'll play, uh, you know, some stuff and I'll send it back to him and he'll say, well, why don't we change this here? Why don't we change this here? I'll make that change and then resend it to him and we'll, we'll, we'll just build these songs up um, to a place where we've, we, we weren't even in the same room, but we made a, a, a song together. We made uh, an album together. So there's been a couple instances like that, that, um, have been kind of uh, uh, a learning a learning curve for me over over this uh, over the quarantine, but uh, it's been so yeah, it's been a learning experience, but it's been it's been a good one. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for for coming on and telling us you know the stories and the backgrounds because it's it's of so course. interesting and there's so much more to it um, that I'm sure everyone's really interested to hear about. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. And hopefully I'll speak to you soon. I know. I hope so. Thanks. Cheers. See you.